Hi friend, and welcome to Grab Your Light, the podcast, a podcast for young women of color who are trying to navigate a breakup, divorce, or co-parenting relationship with wisdom and grace, and all while maintaining their mental and emotional well-being. I'm Lauren, your host, and while I am no expert, I have been through it, and so now I'm here to walk you through it. So let's talk about it. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this is your first time, welcome, welcome, welcome. If this is not your first time, then welcome back. And thank you so much for tuning in. So this month, beginning with this episode, I want to talk about accepting that the relationship has ended. The past couple months, we've talked a lot about that initial aftermath, that initial reaction. And so now I want to sort of move to the next step or the next phase, which I believe is accepting that it is happening, accepting that it is over and just sitting with that acceptance. So today I want to talk about what I like to think of as a shift, but really that shift is deciding that you're ready to accept it and ready to move forward. So as usual, I will sort of give my story and then I will give three tips at the end. So let's dive in. A few days after my ex left, I begged him to attend a therapy session with me. I begged him for a great many things. Of course, uh, one being to come back, one being to explain why he had left. But when those didn't work, then I begged him to go to therapy with me. And I didn't just pull that out of nowhere. We had gone to therapy off and on for most of our marriage. And I kept thinking like, okay, he's not listening to me. I'm not fully understanding or listening to him our therapist would help us to come to a middle ground, would help us to get a solid understanding of where each person is at, where we want to go and how we should get there. So I'm thinking that therapy was my last effort. And if I could just get him there, we would be okay. Because I was still refusing to accept that it was over. I was still holding out hope. So he was very hesitant at first and I think after a while, he just gave in and said, fine, whatever, I will go to therapy with you. And me and all the other women in my life, (laughs) because I've talked about how all the women in our lives will have an opinion. And in the beginning, they will insist that your relationship is not over. And so me and all those women thought, okay, well, he wouldn't agree to therapy if he didn't want to salvage the relationship. So this is good. This is very, very good. So on the day of our session, I pulled into the lot. I saw that he was there first and I said, oh, maybe, maybe he's looking forward to this, right? He got here early, although he tends to be very punctual, but I'm thinking, you know, he got here early. He's ready. Like, okay, great. So I raced up the stairs. I, you know, willed myself to be calm to open my ears, to open my heart, and to listen. You know, I made my way down the long hallway, or maybe it just seemed long because I was nervous, and into the suite and opened the door. 
and he was sitting on the couch already and he was facing our therapist and it seemed like they had already been talking. So I sat next to him a few spaces over to give him a little room and our therapist greeted us and we greeted her and she asked, how can I help today? And I recall hesitating to answer because I wanted to, you know, accurately describe what had happened, but also be fair, right? Because if I'm hoping this is going to be a productive session, then I don't want to go in there with negativity or um, a bias or an attitude. But before I could respond, my ex-husband answered and I used to say exactly what he said, but as I get older, Um, I think that that stays between he and I, but he essentially said that he was there to give me closure. He was not there to mend things, to get a solid understanding, to move forward. He was there to give me closure. And let me tell y'all, I was flabbergasted, absolutely flabbergasted. You know, I'd come in there working hard to emotionally contain myself, to be open, um, to be cooperative. And it was very apparent he'd come in completely um, opposite to me. He came in kind of closed off and resolved. And I didn't know what to make of that, you know, because it was completely not what I was expecting and it was completely not what I was hoping for. I think my therapist... You know, she spoke a bit after that. Honestly, I don't remember. And my therapist and I have talked about that since that day. And I just have no memory of what happened after he said those initial words. Um, I just, I, I think I was just so in my mind trying to process what he just said and what that meant for me. You know, my mind was kind of reeling from the absolution of it all and also from the coldness. It felt a little cold and putting myself in his shoes, I imagine he kind of had to make himself that way so that he didn't change his mind or so that he wasn't convinced otherwise or so that it didn't become some long drawn out thing. So I I get it in hindsight, but in that moment, it just felt so cold and so final and I think I was trying to really hear it, understand it, and accept it. I think when I finally tuned in, you know, and had gotten a grip of things, my therapist was asking me how I felt. And I don't recall responding with very many words. I think I was very brief. I don't recall crying either. Um, Not at that precise moment. I didn't feel like... It was a safe space. You know, I didn't feel like I could or should shed tears or show any vulnerability in a situation where I'd be the only one doing it and where the exact opposite of vulnerability was being displayed. So I just stayed quiet. I stayed completely quiet. I let him talk, the therapist talk, and I just sat there. And with all the strength I could muster, I managed to slide my wedding ring off my finger and set it on the couch next to him. And I told my therapist 
that my father always told me, and I'm telling you because this is very important. And if you hear nothing else from me for the rest of this podcast, please remember what my father told me. And that is you don't want a man that doesn't want you. I'm going to say it one more time. Like the internet always says, read it again, say it again. You don't want a man that doesn't want you. And so it was very apparent to me in that therapy session that I was not wanted. So I think that helped me accept, right? Because, okay, you don't want me, then let me move forward. So I did that sort of epic move. And then my therapist attempted to get us to have a productive conversation about like how to co-parent. And I had to shut that down. Not because I didn't want to co-parent, but because it was too soon for me to have that conversation. I had like an immediate and visceral reaction to having to discuss that. You know, like my my throat was closing, my stomach was upset, my palms were sweaty, I felt angry. I just wasn't ready for that conversation. And thankfully, they both respected that. So my therapist asked my ex-husband to leave so that she could help me process what had just happened. And we did just that. I sat with her and I just cried. I just cried. She'd been with us for so long. I felt like she understood my tears. I felt like I didn't have to say anything. You know, she knew I was crying for all that we had been through, for all that we had dreamed of. She didn't rush me and she didn't speak. She just let me cry. And I did just that until I couldn't cry anymore. Literally, I just sat in that therapy session and cried. And when I was done, you know, she expressed her sympathy and we both sort of just sat in understanding that that was it. This relationship was over. I was already kind of at that point, no longer married. It was over. Um, There was no more begging. There was no more holding out hope. It was done. It was time to grieve. It was time to heal. And I think suddenly and almost unreasonably, I was just ready to do both in that moment. It was as if hearing that finality from him was what I needed. And so this mental and emotional shift of acceptance was very somber, but very important. You know, it's a sad time because we realize we've lost something, something that we worked really hard for, something that we really wanted. But it's empowering because now that we can accept that now that we know that we've lost it, we can then chart a new path. We can decide how we want to heal from that, how we want to grow from that and what we want the rest of our life to look like. And there's something empowering about that. There's something exciting about that. It doesn't feel like it in that moment, but once you embrace it, it is. Okay. So now, time for the tips. 
The first one is to give in to the moment. And by the moment, I mean one of two things. Either if you have the opportunity to have a conversation like I did, then give in to that moment. Don't try to make it something it's not. Don't try to force it to be something else. Don't try to hijack the moment. Just sit in it and give into that moment. Um, If you don't have the pleasure of having a conversation, then by moment, I mean the end of your relationship. Give into that this is it. There comes a point when we have to stop hoping, when we have to stop begging, when we have to stop bargaining, when we have to stop compromising. There comes a point when we just have to call it and it's over. And so that is what I mean by give into that. Just sort of release the relationship, release all of that. Give in to that moment, sit in that moment and accept that this is what that moment is. And Trust me, I mean, you just heard my story. I get how difficult that is, how scary that is, and how hurtful it is. I do get it, but trust me, once you do, that is the beginning of a whole new chapter. So that's tip number one. Tip number two is to, it sounds terrible, but we got to get rid of the hope. Release the hope. You know, I've mentioned that I was binging Hallmark movies and, you know, romance novels and all that. And those all give you so much hope, so much hope that men will just suddenly wake up and come to their senses, that men will give you a grand gesture, that men will, you know, profess their undying love to you in very beautiful ways, that no relationship is beyond repair. They give us so much hope. And there is a time and a place for that hope. I am a romantic So please don't get me wrong. I don't mean banish hope forever. I mean banish hope for this particular relationship, right? We're not going to sit by the phone hoping he calls. We're not going to manipulate situations to see him. We're not going to, you know, hope that co-parenting will remind him how great you are. Nope, we are not putting any more hope into that relationship. We are accepting that it is over. And so hope has no place there. The only hope is for yourself, which takes us to tip number three. The third tip is to think about you, prioritize you. You know, with all of the begging and compromising and bargaining, it is about the other person, right? We are sort of, Um, putting them first. We're thinking about what do they need or want to be in this relationship. And so now it is time to think about us. You know, you can think about, hey, I know that I was trying to put this back together, but was that even the right relationship for me? You know, what do I deserve? What do I want? What do I need, you know, from yourself, from life, from a partner, It's time to think about you and to prioritize you. And that's kind of the great part about being single is you get to do that. You get to indulge in everything that works for you. You get to be um, sort of selfish. You get to be um, a bit egotistical, not in negative ways, of course, but in that the world now is yours and 
You only have to think about you. Of course, those of us with children have to think about our child too. But as far as relationship needs, companionship needs, um, emotional needs, you get to prioritize yourself. And that, once you get used to doing it, is really, really cool and really, really healthy and very beneficial. So that is tip number three to think about you. You know, stop putting someone else because as women, we do tend to put our significant other first, especially when we're married. Hey, we don't have to do that anymore. Think about you. What do you want to eat? What do you want to wear? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? You don't have to think about anybody else anymore. Just think about you. And that gets even more exciting as you go through your journey. And then I have one last tip, like a bonus tip, because I don't think I thought about it till... I was giving my story. If you can, please do invest in therapy. I could not imagine navigating all of these feelings and this circumstance and all of the circumstances that come along on this journey without a therapist. I know that especially in the black community, therapists have a bad rap, um, but really Therapists are just there to help you process your feelings, to help you develop skills, to navigate things. And you are having to navigate something huge and you are having to create a whole new life for yourself. And if you have a child, you're having to strike the delicate balance of moving on from the father, but also still seeing them all the time. And that is difficult. That is tricky. So I highly suggest if you can investing in a therapist so that you can, you know, have a little objective third-party input into how you're handling things, get a little advice, get tips and tools. It's just really, really great. And if you don't know how to go about finding a therapist, please feel free to reach out to me. I can tell you about mine, and then I can also point you in the direction of finding some others. So just to recap, tip number one, give in to the moment. Tip number two, get rid of hope for that relationship. Tip number three, think about you. And the bonus tip, invest in a therapist. So that is it from me for this episode. I hope that it was helpful. I know this one wasn't as entertaining as the other ones, but I mean, we are talking about breakups, so they can't all be a good time. But thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope that you will share the podcast with a friend, review it on Apple Podcasts, and tune in to the next episode. In the meantime, have a great day, week, and month. Bye.